Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is from 1 John. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. Dear friends of Christ, Ernest Hemingway wrote a short story that's called The Capital of the World, and it's about a story of a Spanish father and his son Paco. Now Paco and his father didn't get along, and the relationship was quite broken. In fact, the two became estranged. They couldn't even live with each other. The father was angry with his son, but over time missed his son and longed for that relationship deep down inside. At some point he wanted to fix it, but he just was too stubborn, you know. Nearing death and growing older, he decided that he was going to reconcile. So he decided to search for his boy, but he couldn't find Paco anywhere. And finally, in desperation, he put an ad in the Madrid newspaper. Paco, meet me at Hotel Montaña at noon on Tuesday. All is forgiven, Papa. On that appointed day, 800 boys appeared because Paco is a very common name in Madrid. 800 boys showed up hoping to be loved by their father and forgiven. The Bible tells us that we have a father. And it tells us of the love of our Heavenly Father, and it's found in the grave in the empty tomb. And we sing about that love. <laughs> I mean, how many, how many hymns do we have that sing about the love of God? Too many to name. And, and, and of course, the Bible is clear. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. You know, we're still celebrating all that. We're still celebrating the empty tomb and Christ's resurrection and, and, of course, uh, God's greatest act of love. John writes, We have come to know and we believe that the love that God has for us, God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in Him. You see, love is incarnational. Love has a body. Love has flesh and blood. Love is Jesus. Love is Christ Jesus living in us because of the resurrection. We're children of God. Christ living in us. And how do we become children of God? Well, through Jesus. He is God's love with skin and bones on. Love incarnate. Love rooted because we have been made God's children through the blood of His Son. So our theme, children of the Heavenly Father. You know, for generations we've been told that mankind needs to look within because if we look within and we look deep down within, we'll find something good in us, a common goodness of humanity. The Bible says just the opposite. The deeper you look, the worse things get. The Bible says that we are all incredibly dark inside. We're twisted and we're selfish 
And in the end, we're more concerned about our own concerns than everybody else. And we're broken. And that relationship of brokenness reflects our separation from God, the Father. And our relationship with God hasn't, isn't so good anymore. And there's been a division, a separation of sin, and the curse of sin. And the Bible says that God is holy and we're not. There's a division. Well, why are we talking about the depravity of the human heart when it's Easter Sunday or Easter season and we should be talking about the resurrection of Christ? Why are we talking about the depravity and the brokenness of our relationship? Let's talk about how He brought us back together again. Well, we will. Sure, Easter is important to do that. But before we can enjoy, enjoy the joys of Easter, we must understand the necessity of Good Friday. Before we can say rejoice, we must first say woe is me. To understand God's love, we must first understand what God has loved. And God loves lost and condemned sinners like you and me. You know, we constantly underestimate two things. We, un we underestimate the sin within us, the curse. And we underestimate God's ability to love and to forgive the brokenness. We underestimate His love. We underestimate the problem, and we underestimate the cure. Let me illustrate. Um, maybe you remember, it was a worldwide event, happened in... August 5th, 2010, uh, there were, and they made a movie about it a couple years ago, but the event happened 11 years ago, a mine exploded in Chile, and there were uh, 33 Chilean miners buried 2,000 feet beneath the earth for 69 days. Now, those miners, at the, when it happened, knew they were going to die. Uh, they found themselves face to, face to face with imminent death, certain death. And that certainty of death changed them as they sat in the darkness of the earth. Each of them had time to take stock of their lives before they passed. They talked about it. They had many regrets Somebody asked Jose Henriquez, who was a Christian among them, if he would pray for everyone. So he got down on his knees, and as he did, some of the other men that were Christians too, kind of semi-Christians, joined him. He began to talk to God. Lord, these are not the best men in the world, he said. Have mercy on us. And then he got more specific. Victor Segovia... He knows he drinks too much. Victor Zamora has a quick temper. Pedro Cortez thinks about how poor of a father he has been to his young daughter. And he continued. Nobody objected. 
when with death staring them in the face, these men got real with God and they got real with each other. They met every day to eat just a meager, meager meal of whatever parcels of food they had left. They met to hear a short sermon. And they met to pray, get down on their knees and pray. And one prayed, God, forgive me for the violence of my lips before my wife and son. Another said, God, forgive me for using drugs. They also confess their sins to each other. You know, forgive me, I raised my voice. Forgive me that I didn't go get water. And they wept with each other. Meanwhile, on the surface, the rescue teams were organizing to get teams from all over the world to, uh, to come help them. Corporations sent teams to drill a shaft that would reach them. Uh, it, was a, it was an incredible undertaking. In fact, it would take a miracle to work. Days later, the shaft reached them. The world rejoiced. Joy erupted. And they were able to receive food and oxygen and medical supplies and the things that they need needed through that shaft. The best news of all, it meant that they would be rescued. But they learned something else too. They learned that they had become popular around the world. They learned that they were now famous. They learned that once they got out, they would probably be wealthy beyond their wildest imagination. And that's when the confession stopped. That's when the prayers stopped. The lure of money and fame undid what God had worked in the hearts through the midst of trial and suffering. But understand this, when life was at its worst, those Chilean miners were at their best. Why? Because the darkness of the mind reminded them. The darkness of the mind reminded them we can't save ourselves. We're dependent on God. The darkness of their mind also reminded them we don't deserve God's help. And the darkness of the mind moved them to confess their sins. Move them to pray to the Lord God Almighty to deliver them. And 69 days later, God did. All the miners were safely brought to the surface. The world rejoiced. And the reason why I share this story of rescue is because it teaches us a spiritual lesson. This story of rescue is our story. It's our story of deliverance. And for us, most, most of us, our story of deliverance started right here at the baptismal font when the water was splashed over your head and you came to the Lord through the power of forgiveness and His, and His Word. Before that, you'd been trapped in the dungeon of your sin. You'd been trapped in the dungeon and darkness of eternal death. Before the water was poured into your head, you had a relationship problem with your Heavenly Father. You were broken and separated. You didn't know His love. You were estranged. But God brought us near to Him. God brought us 
near to Him through the blood of His Son. And the Bible describes our lost condition. It describes that we are by nature spiritually dead, that we are by nature blind, enemies of God. We can't see God. We can't come to God. We are dead to God. Dead to believe in a dungeon as dark as death, much deeper, much darker, and much more deadly than the Chilean miners had to deal with. And just like them, we need to be rescued. Just like them, somebody from above needs to reach down and save us. And so God reached down with His love. As strange as it may seem, God does love sinners. In fact, God loves people who don't deserve His love. It's called undeserved love. It's grace. That's what grace is. John wrote about it, this love, not that we loved God, but that He has loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation, the payment price for our sins. Paul talks about God's love too. He says God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so I loved you. Now remain in my love. The cross, is a, the cross is the greatest expression of God's love that we could know. Why? Because the darkness of the cross on Good Friday reminds us that we're sinners. And God's forgiven us. That we are guilty and He is punished. That we live and He dies. And like those Chilean miners who rose from the earth, Jesus rose from the earth. He rose from His grave. The resurrection of Christ is the power to save. It's the expression of God's love. God has delivered you from the grave of sin and death and given you life through the He's declared you righteous. You are, you are children of the Heavenly Father. That's what you are. Paul writes, we are children of God. And if we're children, then we're heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Heirs of Christ. Well, if we're heirs, that means we inherited something. So what did we inherit? Did we inherit diamonds? Did we inherit a, a sprawling estate? A mansion? What did we inherit? What do the children of God inherit? Well, we inherit life. We inherit a life of love. Spiritually dead people, spiritually dead sinners inherit eternal life. Think about that. You know, as children of God, we don't always live a happy, healthy, prosperous life here on this earth. It's not the way this life goes. But in heaven we will. Those who live in God's love live. Those who do not live in God's love perish. 
And that's why it's so important to be God's child, forgiven, saved, and redeemed by His blood. All right, again, our text says, Beloved, we are now children of God, and it's not yet appeared, and it has not yet appeared what we shall be. But we know that when He, Christ, appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him just as He is. You know, when the fullness of our salvation comes true on the last day and Jesus returns to earth, our bodies will rise. We'll come back to life. Our bodies will rejoin our souls. You see, Easter is more than just about Christ's resurrection. Easter is our resurrection. Not just a promise, a reality. And what will these new resurrected bodies be like? Well, let me tell you a story. Once upon a time, there was a caterpillar, and this caterpillar heard that all caterpillars go through this process uh, called a, a rebirth. A rebirth. And he, he didn't know what that meant, but he thought, you know what? Ah, that's foolish talk. Everybody knows how a caterpillar's life ends. You crawl around for a while on this earth, and, and then you go into a cocoon, and there's life, and there's death, and that's it. There's life, and there's that death, and that's it. And sure enough, the day came. He found himself caught up in the threads of his own making. Oh no, he cried, this is it. I'm going to die. Soon the cocoon, his grave, enclosed him, and he closed his eyes. But he woke up after a short nap. To his amazement, he felt different. He was energized. He had a new vigor, a new vitality. He felt strong. He began to stretch, and his stretching broke the weakened cocoon. And once he got broke free from the cocoon, which we might call the grave, everything became evident. He was different. He was completely different. He had wings, beautiful wings. Wow, and a, and a, and a beautiful new body. And the next thing he knew is flying and soaring over the, soaring over the trees and, flitter, and fluttering about with joy. And he said, this is paradise, he exclaimed. How foolish of me to think that it all ended in a cocoon. Our bodies are like the caterpillar. And that's why the resurrection is symbolized with a butterfly. One day our earthly bodies will rise and we'll be given new glorified bodies that will be like His glorified body, beautiful bodies, beautiful bodies that will never die. And our bodies will rejoice. Why? Well, because we will be reunited with our Heavenly Father. And that's what happens to children of God. Because that's what we are. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.